What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Hannah Hanley. She is the Chief Marketing Officer at Heritage Distilling. We get into a long conversation really about the emerging markets that are in the spirits market itself. I know that sounds like a lot, but there are things happening within the spirits market that I find very, very interesting, specifically around canned cocktails. So we're talking to Hannah about how Heritage is approaching that, how they're using data and intuition to go forth with the products that they produce, how they also use on-premise locations to really beta test and get feedback directly from their customers before making larger decisions. So if you are in any consumable product, that's your industry, this is going to be the episode for you. But before we get into it, as always, this show is brought to you by Cave. We're an agency based out of LA that helps companies grow with social media. So if you need help with social, paid, organic, head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to help you out. All right, sit back, relax, crack a drink if you got one, and enjoy this episode. What's going on, my beautiful marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me from the beautiful Pacific Northwest is the CMO at Heritage Distilling, Hannah Hanley. Hannah, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on and talk about some of the opportunities and challenges that are in the spirits world. But before we get into that, I want to hear your story. How did you find your way into this crazy world of marketing? Was it always the mission? Are you an accidental marketer? Walk me through your journey today, and then we'll get into heritage and some of the challenges and opportunities that present. Sure. Yeah. So I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, moved away to Montana for college, and then from Montana, found myself in the ski industry. So I moved from Bozeman, Montana down to Salt Lake City, where I finished up school. I did a program at a small school in Salt Lake called Westminster College. And part of that program was internships in the ski world, which is what I always wanted to do. So I started as an intern in the marketing department at Canyons Resort in Park City, Utah, when I I was in college and then after college graduated and kind of worked my way into the more into the marketing department down there. So I, I worked in the ski industry for just over five years and I did PR and marketing and I learned a ton from the teams down there. I uh, went through several acquisitions from a company standpoint at the Canyons and then finally through the Vail acquisition. And when all of that was kind of going down, the Park City was changing a lot. It's a beautiful community and Utah is amazing. But my husband and I at that point kind of decided it was time for us to maybe end up back in the Northwest closer to some family. So we moved back to the Northwest and I saw that the distillery was hiring. I thought that sounds fun. <laughs> Ski industry to spirits. They were actually hiring here. The owners were hiring for the tasting room. And I thought I could do that on the weekends or something like that. I went into the interview and, and they were like, you're overqualified. <laughs> I was like, yeah, a little bit, but sounds fun. So they were amazing. And we ended up working together to create a job at the distillery. At the time, it was a really small company, one tasting room. I was employee number five or six. <laughs> then from there, Justin and Jennifer, who are the owners of the company, had huge vision for Heritage. And that included a lot of different spirits, tasting rooms. And so through the years now, I've been at Heritage for just over eight years. We make vodka, gin, whiskey, Akavit, rum, canned cocktails, <laughs> the gamut of spirits, really. We have six tasting rooms in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, we have a partnership with 
the Chehalis tribe down in Grand Mound, Washington for the first distillery on tribal land as well. So we have been really instrumental in the industry and instrumental in growing the industry, specifically in the Pacific Northwest. Through the years, we've launched a lot of products. I always say we're brand builders here. So we built originally BSB, Brown Sugar Bourbon, and now that has moved out of our house and on. And our newest products are Cocoa Bomb Chocolate Whiskey and our Heritage Canned Cocktails, which we have been working on growing now. So I've always known I wanted to work in marketing. I've always loved marketing. I love the creativity and I love branding and I love building brands. And now here we are through it. I've My team is a small team, mighty team. <laughs> and then our retail department also reports into me and I work really closely with our wholesale team as well. So I love it. So many moving parts. And that's, I'm sure, half, half the challenge and most of the reward, right, is piecing that all together. You came on into the company early. You've seen it grow. You obviously have seen also not only the company grow, but the landscape change, right? And I want to talk a little bit about that and this emergence, for lack of a better term, of canned cocktails. And was that something where people were asking for it and y'all were like, okay, hey, we got to do this. We're getting asked for it. Distributors or we're seeing on premise or was it, hey, we're seeing interest in seltzers go up. We have some research, you know, or was it just a gut feel where it's like, hey, this is the future. We got to act on this. Walk me through if you can. You know, or was it a combination? Like walk me through the kind of the decision making to be like, okay, canned cocktails, let's launch that as kind of our next endeavor. Sure. So canned cocktails are the biggest growing segment in our industry and uh, canned products in general are really what we've seen as the future of the industry. Um, the data points to all of that, all of the big brands are, are releasing them. So we started working on canned cocktails about two and a half years ago and coming up with the recipes, trying to differentiate the recipes so it would stand out on the shelf, that the packaging would stand out. And we came up with four that we think are amazing. They're low ABV, low sugar, really hit kind of all the trends in terms of the industry. So we have two vodka-based ones, Easy Peasy Lemon Squeezy, Blood Orange Vodkarita, Gin, Gin Jam Fizz, and then Peachy Bourbon. And they're all just very bright, beautiful packaging, 6.9%, which puts them below tax level in a lot of states. Spirits industry is tricky because every state has different rules. And so we try and stick with products that, or stick with ABV levels that we know we can get the most placements out of. <laughs> and so when we first started working on the project, it was, like I said, a few years ago. And with seltzers in particular, most or pretty much all of the seltzers are beer brands. And so that a lot of them can be malt based or can be, they're not spirit based and spirits are very different than beer. <laughs> and so we want to make sure that what we're doing is really clean in flavor that really appeals to people who are looking specifically for a cocktail, not a seltzer. I love it. I think it's something right, like, you know, the data points, it shows it's fast growing. And I just see this is, you know, anecdotal. In my experience in LA, it was like COVID hit, bars were closed. Okay, middle of summer, like I'm beard out. I, I want something different. And then, you know, we start going and it's like the family barbecue, even as things are opening now, I don't like my desire now is I feel like I've been reconditioned to like go to the barbecue now or hang out with family. And it's so smart because whether it's at a family barbecue or at a major league baseball game, speed, convenience, taste, right? Predictable taste, speed and convenience, 
There's no like, you know, for lack of a better term, wild ant who's giving me a quadruple shot uh, <laughs> and telling me like, here, I made you a drink and I take a sip and I'm like, okay. Like, you'll be fine, Jordan. It has like just a couple shots. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. So I, I love that idea of, uh, I'm a sucker for repeatable experience. So I love building that and then giving people to the alternative to beer because in so many situations, it's only been, well, there's beer. Like, mm -hmm. and, and that's all. Have you found that emergence and the demand for it? Has it been largely retail? Is it on premise? Are you noticing DTC? Like what, I guess, is it equal? Like where are, are where do you see the demand coming from spiking the most? Sure. Yeah. So that has a couple layers to it. Like I mentioned, we have six tasting rooms. So when we first started rolling out the canned cocktails, we did surveys for everyone coming in the door. Anyone who wanted to try them could try them complimentary and fill out a flavor and packaging survey. In about six weeks, we did 1,100 surveys. So, you know, good response and overall really positive. What we also found is everyone, pretty much everyone who tried them bought them, which was a good thing too. So that's our direct to consumer. We really use use our tasting rooms as beta experiences to try things out, get feedback, learn, and um, utilize the data to drive our decisions. From a wholesale standpoint, we're in the process right now of getting the products into distribution with RNDC, who's our distributor in Washington specifically, and hopefully in California as well. We have partnerships with the Seattle Mariners and the San Francisco Giants for Major League Baseball. And what we have found and what the feedback from the catering teams or the concessionaire teams at those two stadiums is that canned cocktails allow them to be quicker and to move lines faster. And it's not necessarily about serving the customers more drinks per game. The <laughs> the regulators in both of those cities want to, you know, make sure that people are having a good time but but within reason. It's more about making sure that people don't have to wait in line so that they can spend their money quickly <laughs> and spend their money quickly on food and drink. And so the response has been amazing so far. We're really proud of the canned cocktails and we're excited to see, you know, this summer, how things go. This will be our first summer with them. I think that the response that we've gathered just since January is going to be really positive, though. The other new product that we released, I mentioned, is our Cocoa Bomb Chocolate Whiskey. And it's a totally different product and a totally different demographic, but same demographic in this in some ways, too. So what we found is that flavored whiskey is one of the biggest growing segments within the industry as well. And that data was driven through our tasting rooms, as well as through, of course, Nielsen and all of those data-driven places. But what we also found is that in our tasting rooms, we have a program called Cast Club where individuals can join and custom age their own barrels of spirits. And the number one request was for people to make flavored whiskeys mm -hmm. and specifically whiskeys that could be approachable, giftable, and products that would convert people who are not typically whiskey drinkers into being whiskey drinkers. So what we found in our success of our past products is, you know, chocolate tested well is a couple chocolate whiskeys on the market, but not one that was really coming forward in terms of market. And so the Cocoa Bomb whiskey plays off the trend of Cocoa Bombs, to be honest, that was happening in 2020. And then we have partnered also with RNDC and you know, our, our friends over at Screwball as well, so that we have a peanut butter and a chocolate pairing <laughs> makes an excellent product <laughs> and an excellent cocktail, really, or shot. <laughs> I, I love it. Now, out of that, right, which is, mm -hmm. I find also 
very interesting. And I'm sure I'm interested to hear your perspective on how you'll handle this is with diverse product lines, mm-hmm. right? And seeing that consumer allegiance, do you see that the allegiance like is heritage distilling out front or are people going cocoa bomb whiskey? That's what mm-hmm. I want. And that's the brand that you have to build. And mm-hmm. in addition to that, how do you resource, mm-hmm. you know, marketing? Hey, I'm going to market this. This is our champion product. We know the mm-hmm. demand's there. Do other products kind of just not get put on the back shelf? But like, how do you distribute really resources to yeah. to do that? Because I think, you know, there's listeners out there right now that are working there with same thing. They got multiple product lines and they're a smaller team and they're going like we're told to execute sales number one two three four five c- create all these leads okay yeah. we need to tighten up and really have you know a couple of flagship products is that what's going on or like walk me through that process because I, I find that fascinating yeah great question i probably say at least once a month we are becoming a house of brands we are also a branded house but we are becoming a house of brands and that does make it tricky because heritage in terms of our locations and our experience driven environments which is our tasting rooms is very heritage branded when you walk into a heritage tasting room all six of them it feels like heritage and we have an amazing retail staff that works in our tasting rooms that are all brand i mean they're brand evangelists for us like they're amazing so they all have their products that they love to talk about that they're really passionate about but overall we try and put things into core focus so specifically going you know fall and winter it was cocoa bomb cocoa bomb chocolate whiskey it makes sense fall and winter it has a bit of a seasonal approach to it you know we're honest with ourselves about that however then going into summer we market a little bit more of a shop brand around a campfire kind of s'mores style and we talk about it in that way our campaign for the summertime with cocoa bomb is less swiping more sipping and it's about spending more time experiencing the moment being with the people that you love or your friends or meeting new people just really experiencing life when we think about that and how we market that compared to the canned cocktails the canned cocktails are heritage forward and branding they have secondary brand in their names and we specifically named them that way so that they could be standalone a little bit can i have an easy peasy can i have a peachy bourbon it's easy to call out and it's easy to order if you're at a golf course or if you're you know at a baseball game for sure and the way that i have always thought about that is that as we grow heritage as as the premier pacific northwest craft distillery we are heritage and we have amazing brands that fall under our umbrella I always liken it to beer brands (laughs) like, you know, beer brands get really known for the name of their beers and people don't really question it. They go and they order, you know, a space dust is really big around here. Elysian space dust. People will say, can I have a space dust? They don't say, can I have an Elysian space dust? Right. And that's okay. And Elysian and now AB who owns Elysian leans into that and they specifically, you know, want people to know the names of the brands. So When I think about being a house of brands, I think that it is tricky and it is challenging for how we divide budget, how we think about specifically campaigns and how we divide messaging. But I always tell the team, one message, one outlet, right? One channel, one message. If we're going to have a post 
on our Instagram, that post, that static post or that story shouldn't be about five different things. It's about one thing in that moment and that's okay. But I think that's why people are drawn to our brand too, because we do have diversity within the brands and and there's a little bit of something for everyone. And we might be introducing people to the brand through canned cocktails or through Cocoa Bomb. And then hopefully they find our their way to our other products through that as well. Yeah, I love that, right? It, because if the brand becomes synonymous with craftsmanship and mm-hmm. creating great products, you know, okay, hey, my mom likes vodka mixes thing. Cool. We're going to go and we're going to get a vodka Rita for her. But hey, I want whiskey on ice. Okay, cool. And like we can do mm-hmm. that all under, you know, the same or shop the same brand that we would trust, mm-hmm. right? So yep. I love that. Hannah, this has been fantastic. Before I let you go, let people know where can they get their hands on some of this you know, some of this product. I'd love to, the listeners, we have a lot of listeners in the Pacific Northwest. So maybe a couple of locations they can find it. And then, yeah, for anybody else who's looking to try the product. I love that. Well, we are at heritagedistilling.com. Our Cocoa Bomb Whiskey just landed into Washington, Safeway, and Albertson stores. In Oregon, we're in most OLCC stores. And then our canned cocktails are launching right now. So look for them at retailers new, near you. And then on social media, we're at Heritage Distilling on pretty much all of the channels. And then I'm Hannah Hanley and I'm Drinks with Hannah on Instagram, which I share like more inside looks at what's going on in the company, which I think is kind of fun to see as well. Amazing. And I'll put links to all of those in the show notes. Head over on Instagram, connect with Hannah and make sure to check out heritagedistilling.com. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch you next time. Um.